Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Times in my life, it is an excellent scripture that we should commit to our memory and um, the powerful verses to use in prayer, powerful verses to use as you walk through your day. And um, I don't think I've done this since we've been doing the um, the midday service with smashing these together. This is the second week in a row that I've done both of these, and I need somebody else to do this next week. So, uh, but I'm doing what I feel like the Lord has told me to do in in prayer. I felt this word that I have for us today very strong. And I need this church to get with me today. Because I believe, Sister Valma, if we can catch, we can catch what I am feeling through this word that God has given me today. I believe it's going to make an impact in your life, your family's life, in this community and wherever you may be. Amen. Thank you for standing and reading the word. We've gotten lazy with that. And I, uh, you get to stand only, you stand only usually while I read. I stand the whole time. So it's the least you can do stand while I read this. So uh, somebody said, well, that's just tradition. Well, there's some traditions we need to hang on to. And I like this one. Let's hang on to it. So, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. The pulling down of strongholds. Aren't you glad you can pull down strongholds? Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity. It's powerful. We can bring, we can throw down uh, these strongholds and we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when your obedience, listen to this, this this is an important part of this whole thing, when your obedience is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Jesus, help us today. Lord, I am standing before a powerful group of people. Lord, we do not even understand how powerful we are as a child of God. And Lord, I'm asking today that you would help me to share what you have put in my spirit. God, that we could get a revelation of what I'm fixing to say as you have put it in my spirit, God. And Lord, I'm asking that you would help us, God. And we can see this city. We can see lives. And we can see families turned upside down from the good side. And we can see revival, Lord, in individuals, in families, in our cities, in those places that we represent in this place. In the name of Jesus, good church say, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a good hand as you are seated today. The power of love is a curious thing. Make one man weep, make another man sing. Change a hawk to a little white dove. More than a feeling. That's the power of love. (laughs) Tougher than diamonds. 
rich like ice cream. Or rich like cream, I'm sorry. Stronger and harder than a bad girl's dream. Make a bad one good, make a wrong one right. Power of love that keeps you home at night. You don't need money. Don't take no fame. Don't need, don't need no credit card. I wonder how long it's going to take her. Credit card to ride this train. It's strong and it's sudden and it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. Please forgive me for my opening carnal moment today. As it is very obvious, many of you recognize those lyrics. The Power of Love is a 1985 single by Huey Lewis and the News written for the soundtrack of the 1985 blockbuster film, Back to the Future. Before Huey Lewis and the News made this phrase, the power of love so famous from this song and from this movie, Jesus did it first. And today on this Valentine's Eve, that phrase is my sermon title. The power of love. Only those who know will know. <laughs> I come on a mission today. We have fought hell in this church over the last several years. We've had people walk away through hurts and pains. We've had incredible, sometimes I hate Facebook memories, because they remind me of what was on this platform, and today they're not. It reminds me of the potential that should be up here, and they're not. Reminds me of those that has embraced pulpits, this pulpit, like Brother John and Brother Donnie. And today, they're better off than we are, but I still miss them greatly. You look around and you see empty pews, the broken hearts. We see the disappointed dreams. We see the hurting. We see the despair. You would think that we are losing the battle. But today, I come with a mission for Harvest House. I come to tell us it is time for us to climb out of that foxhole. It's time for us to begin to fight once again. As hard as hell has fought, I believe with all my heart, God is not done with Harvest House. The promised revival has not yet come. God don't send out prophecies that is not meant to be fulfilled. And God's given me, given me dreams. He's given you dreams. Some of you sitting in this building, God has spoke things to you about where our church would sit or where our buildings would be. And it's not happened yet. Hallelujah. And we have for too long been on the defensive end of this battle. But Sister Penny, it's time for us to get out of that foxhole. It's time for us to fight. Hallelujah. Once again, we have forgotten what it's like to fight. We have been in this defensive stand for so long. We have forgot what it feels like to swing, hallelujah, and actually come in contact with hell and knock hell down to his feet. But I believe
is about ready to put something inside of somebody. And they're going to get back up out of that foxhole. And when they come out, Sister Chastity, we're going to come swinging. We're going to come in contact with hell. And hell is going to take a flip back. And hell, praise God, is going to realize God's not done. God's not done with this church. He's not done with his people. He's not done with you. He's not done. Yeah, you stood up here and you're not now, but God's not done. You're going to be back. You're going to sing the glory down. You're going to preach the glory down. God's not done. We're going to keep on fighting. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. God is not done with us yet. And you don't know. Maybe you do because you fought it too. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for those that's here. I'm thankful for those that's... You may not be here all the time, but you're still here. You may not can come every service, but you come when you can. Or you come when you get your emotions well enough that you can come to the house of God. And every time you walk through the house of God, the devil may make you feel like you're a loser. And may make, make you feel like that you're, you're defeated and you'll never make it. But let me tell you what, honey. When you walk through them doors, the devil has lost a battle for that day. Even if you walk out of here and you don't feel like you've uh, uh, gotten the victory that you've gotten, you still gotten victory over the devil. Because if he had his choice, you'd be in the grave, sweetheart. You would be dead. You would be lost in undone but the devil's not done with you and God hallelujah he's still got more for the church he's still got more for you as an individual praise God and I'm tired of fighting hell praise God on the defensive end I'm ready to fight I'm ready to swing I'm ready to let the devil know hallelujah there's still revival in Marion there's still revival coming out of this church there's still a lighthouse God has empowered us with powerful weapons. Powerful weapons. The devil wants us to think that we don't have nothing to fight with. You, but we do, don't we, Corbin? Yeah, amen. We've laid them down. We've laid our weapon down. The greatest weapon that we've got, hell has fought us. Paul said in the opening text today, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Sweetie, we're walking in the flesh. We are 100% full-blooded flesh. What's that mean? That means I get mad. I get my feelings hurt. I get disappointed. I get hurt. Somebody hurts my feelings and I got to deal with unforgiveness like we was talking about in the first part of the service. I got to deal with uh, 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 emotional highs when good things come into my life that pulls me away from the Lord. And you know what? Good things can pull you away from God just as well as bad things can pull you away from God. And we got to be careful with all these emotional things. We, we got the emotional roller coaster. One day we're together and the next day we're not. Hey man, you know what I'm talking about here today, right? Come on, hear me today. We got these things that we're going through in life and we don't know how to deal with it. 
and we're emotional roller coasters and, and, and the natural process of life has taken loved ones out of our life and we've lost so much like we did last year and Texas took a, a hard hit and some more of you that's kin to, to him when he lost mama and sister together and we can't help but be emotional and, and we get in these emotional states Sister Chassie lost her, her mom last year also and we, we go through these emotional states and it, uh, it's just so hard and, and we forget that we are, we're walking in the flesh. But the problem, Brother David, is we try, to, we try to fight the battle back in flesh. But flesh is not how we fight. Amen. That's why Paul said we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. That's not that stuff. Carnal is that stuff I just said, that fleshly stuff that we deal with. He said, but, but, but our weapons, they're mighty through God. To the what? Pulling down of strongholds. We've allowed strongholds to get in our world where we feel like I can't get past that. I can't get beyond that hurt. I can't get beyond the death of that loved one. I can't get beyond that, uh, that, that what that person done to me. I can't get beyond this situation. I can't get beyond this. That's that stronghold. But God said the weapons of all warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. And Sister Penny, there are strongholds in this city that needs to come down. There are strongholds in the lives of the saints of this church that needs to come down. There are strongholds in, in your family and my family that needs to come down. And today, I'm going to talk about maybe the greatest weapon that we have that the devil so much wants us to lay down. And that is the power of love. First John 4, 7 through 10 said, Beloved, let us love one another. For our love is of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth not God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son in the world that we live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but He loved us. He sent His Son to be the propitiation or the replacement for our sins. God is love. The most famous verse in the Word of God is founded on love. John 3.16, you can quote it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we have cheapened love to a feeling. And love is not a feeling. And this is why we don't recognize love as being a mighty weapon of God because we've cheapened it to a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. Love says, I don't care what you do to me, I'm going to love you anyway. Because if you really love something, it's going to hurt you sometimes. And then we're talking about unforgiveness in the first part of the service. The reason it's so hard to get best uh, forgiven some people because those people you love the most hurt your feelings. 
feelings. And because we live in that place of feelings, it's hard to, hallelujah, use the weapon of love in that situation because love is a choice. And what happens when we choose to love that individual, although they hurt us anyway, hallelujah, then we begin to tear down strongholds because the devil will take that hurt and the disappointments from our lives and he'll put that stronghold that's saying, you know what? My feelings is hurt. And then we'll work when your feelings is hurt. You're working in the realm of flesh. But Paul said, you can't do that. We don't we don't operate in that fleshly realm. But to overcome that hurtfulness, we got to operate in the, the realm that God, that powerful weapon that God has given us, which is the power of love, which is the power of choice. It says, though you hurt me, I love you anyway. And that's what Jesus done at Calvary. He loved us so much. Even though, praise God, some people don't want his love. He went to Calvary and he shed blood and he became the replacement for their sins anyway. That is the power of love. Love is the highest characteristic of God. It is the one attribute to which all others blend together and make him who he is. Without the love of God, he would not be the God that we know and the God that we love so much, the God that we serve. Without the love of God, his faith and grace and all that would be nothing. It is the love of God that ties it all together. It is the love of God that's the most powerful weapon on the face, hallelujah, of this world, of anything that's been before us or anything that may come. It is the power of love of God that needs to be working on the inside of us. Romans 5, 8, it said, But God commended His love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We've got to understand what sinners is, Brother Braden. The, the, the sinner means that when I was not loving God, He loved me anyway. Amen. It's when I was choosing to go against what He's asked me to do. He loved me anyway. While I was yet living, this is what this verse is saying in essence, that that He commanded His love toward us, that while I was not being lovable, He died for me. He loved me anyway. Jesus loved us so much that He died for us while we was unlovable. Henry Brand said, love is not what you do, but what you are. Love is not what God does, but love is who he is. And the devil hates love so much because he is everything opposite of love. And so he fights us with hatred. And he fights us with division. And he fights us with shame. And he fights us with disgrace. And he fights us with all the works of the flesh. He fights us with all these things. Hallelujah. And he tries his best to bring division into our world. Paul told the Galatian church very much like this. Talking about walking in the Spirit. And he said, uh, First Galatians 5 and 16, he said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's he talking about? The whole thing I've been talking about, walking in the flesh, you know, where we're with all these uh, uh, feelings and emotion because he goes on to tell us what the lust of the flesh is. He said, 
The, the, for the flesh lusted against the spirit. That means, hey, you know what? what? You know what it's actually lusting against? What it's fighting against is the number one quality and feature of God, which is love. And everything that the, the flesh, our, our fleshly desires, everything that hell comes against us with is the fight against that number one attribute of God, which is love. So this is what every one of these things that I'm fixing to read to you goes contrary against it. And it says, and this is what he, Paul went on to say, for the lust of the spirit, uh, the flesh lusted against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Or, or they can't go with each other. One to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And listen, listen to me. Every one of these things I'm fixing to read goes totally and completely against love. Alright? Adultery. That goes against love, doesn't it? Fornication. Because fornication is sex outside of marriage. So it's not embedded in marriage. So fornication is only lust. Uncleanliness. Lasciviousness. You can go look all these things up. Idolatry, which is loving something besides God. Witchcraft, which is working under something that's not God. Hatred, we know that. Variance, immolation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Every one of these things are calling the, the main purpose of them is to go against the number one quality of God, which is love. And yeah. such like, of which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. The whole purpose of all those things is to get us out of fellowship with the love of God and make us think that we have to have uh, some whatever merit in our life to be able to get God's love. When God says, you don't need none of that. I love you Amen. in spite of what you are and who you are. But God can fill us with the Holy Ghost. Sister Chastity, God wants to fill us with the Holy Ghost. And we know that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the initial evidence that we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, does anybody know what that is? Hear that again? What is it? Speaking in tongues. But just because you speak in tongues is not the real evidence of the Holy Ghost. Because I hear people speak in tongues, but yet they walk out here and they hate everybody. And they act like devils. They treat people like they're less than life. So this is why Paul wrote what he did. And he said, look, yeah, we're going to speak in tongues in other verses, I guess. But in this, he said, but the real fruit of the Spirit is, anybody know? Love. He didn't start it off with joy. He didn't start it off with peace. He didn't start it off with long-suffering. He didn't start it off with gentleness. He didn't start it off with goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Because all of those are irrelevant with the first quality of, without the first quality of God. Which is love. Because love is everything that fuels all the other things. Yeah. And hell has fought this church with love. 
He's fought us with divisions. He's fought us with, with uh, feuds and fights among each other and all this stuff. He's fought us with, with uh, making us falling, uh, feeling like we've fallen out of love because he couldn't love me and let this happen to me in my life. He couldn't love me and let this happen to my world. And the devil has fought us. But I rise here today and tell you that God has gave us mighty weapons for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that obedience is to love by choice. We don't want to think of love being a commandment. But love is a commandment. You don't fall out of love when you're in marriage. You choose to stop doing what it takes to love. Everybody who knows me, you know how much I love the University of Kentucky Wildcats. They're doing good this year, I reckon. But I quit feeding myself, Sister Penny, the things that made me love them so much. And what we love is what we feed ourselves with is what we'll end up loving. And the reason people fall out of love, you quit feeding on that thing that makes you love it. And the reason people don't love Jesus like they should, we quit feeding ourselves the things that makes us love Jesus. And matter of fact, when he said the Spirit, hallelujah, is love, what he was saying, when I feel you with the Spirit, what, my part of my, what part I'm going to do is the first thing I'm going to do is work on your love. Where you realize you got to, what, what did the, the guy come and said, Jesus? He said, what's the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say? Anybody tell me? What? He didn't say, joy the Lord, peace the Lord, long serve the Lord. No, he said, love the Lord thy God. Yeah. It was a command, a choice to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. Then the second commandment was like unto it. Joy your neighbor. Peace your no, no. It was love your neighbor. These was not suggestions. These are, these are, you know, let me go beyond making a choice. These, you know what these was? These was weapons that was putting in our hands that said you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and that love you have for God will be the power, hallelujah, that's going to be in your hand when somebody else says, hey, let's go forward tonight. You say, no, I love God and I'm going to the house of God. When somebody comes along and says, hey, look at this dirty picture, say, no, I love my God. God. I love my wife. I love my spouse. Hallelujah. Amen. It puts the weapon inside of you that you love God more than you love anything else. Amen. We're in the midst of a reset in Harvest House Amen. in 2022. Yeah. And when you reset, you go back to the original state of something. There is no way for somebody to truly be saved 
without the first thing coming into the world is that they begin to have the love of God come into the world. They begin to feel the love of God rush over them. They begin to feel the presence of the Lord saying, I have forgiven you of your sin. I have forgiven you of all those transgressions. And uh, most people that really truly experience, hallelujah, that thing in their life, that is the one thing they realize. I'll never forget Brother Troy Giffen, Brother Brad Giffen's brother telling me, he's the first thing I noticed in my life when God really saved me. I begin to love everybody. It didn't matter who they were or what they'd done to me. I love them no matter what. And you, you really truly be saved. That's what happens in your world. You begin to love people. You go back to how God created you. God created you to love. God created you to love. Praise God. He created you to love Him. He created you to love each other. Praise the Lord. And the only way we're going to have revival that God is praying for this city is going to come through the power of love. Love. I'm not talking about love that comes with a feeling. I'm talking about that love comes when you realize that God loved you so much. When we were a dirty, rotten, filthy scoundrel, He died for our sins. But David, if we'd got what we deserve here today, we would be burning in hell for eternity. But God loves us enough that He made a way that we don't have to pay for the penalty of our sins. Hallelujah. He loves us. Yeah. I'm fixing to give you, as I'm going to bring wherever I'm at, to the climax of this weapon that I'm talking about. I said, okay, brother. Brother, Brother Daniel, okay, Pastor, how does this become the greatest weapon that we have in our church? Because this is how this church started. Amen. This church started with love. Amen. That's right. There's not a person in this building that's been coming that you that the main reason you come to this place is because you felt the love of God. You felt us love. You felt somebody in this church love you beyond what you were, beyond what you felt like you were. And we loved you in spite, hallelujah. And we you loved us in spite of what we were. And we just love. And that's what keeps drawing some people back. Hallelujah. We may, you might not even be in the place that you need to be or want to be. Uh, and sometimes you despise the thought of coming here. But there's something inside of you that knows this church. This people love you. Amen. I don't love that thing right now. Get on my nerves. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of Bob Goff? No. He's a good writer. I'm going to read several quotes from Bob Goff. Uh, Bob Goff. He is a self-described recovering lawyer. He spent 25 years practicing law. He gave up his firm that he had signed it over to his people with him. And gave it up. He didn't sell it. He gave it. Okay. To write, speak, and spread love throughout this world. He is not apostolic. But he shows more quality of, an, of, of what the Word of God uh, uh, wants us to live and love than many apostolics that I know. He is the author of Love Does, Dream Big, and everywhere always. 
Everybody always, yeah. In these books, he talks about how the power of love can change your life and how important it is not to let fear crush our dreams. God has not given you the spirit of what? But of what? That is the weapon that I'm talking about today. That's the weapon I'm talking about today. Bob Goff said, God, God's pl big plan, go love everybody, always. You know what a powerful weapon is in this house? No matter where we go, if it's a dollar store, if it's Walmart, if it's uh, uh, the food giant down here, if it's a Mexican restaurant down here, if it's wherever, what city you're at, everywhere you go, we love everybody always. Amen. That's the love of God. Yeah. That we don't see that right now in our world. And this, this city doesn't always see it right now. But what this city needs, hallelujah, it needs us to love them unconditionally. And we want to have the revival that God wants us to have. It's going to come through the power of love, hallelujah. Bob Goff said, don't save, up your, uh, don't save up love like you're trying to retire on it. Give it away like you're made of it. Amen. And here's the truth of the matter. If you're a child of God, you are made of it. You're made of love because God saved you through his love, praise the Lord. And the greatest quality we can have of God is love. Amen. So no matter what they're doing to you, you love them anyway. No matter how bad they treated you, you love them anyway. Because that's what Jesus done, hanging on the cross, hallelujah. He taught that to his disciples. He taught him to the point that Stephen, hallelujah, even recognized it when he's laying there and they're casting stones at him and they're about ready to kill him. Stephen said, Lord, don't even lay the charge to them. You know what he was saying? Lord, on judgment day, don't you even come and get me and try to get me to testify against those people that have stoned me because I refuse to hold them accountable for what they've done to me. That's love. This is the power that I'm talking about right now. Uh, he goes on to say this. Simply put, love does. Love doesn't sit and suck our thumb. Love doesn't sit around. You can go read uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and tell you all about it, but today you're going to get Daniel 101 with it. He don't sit and suck your thumb. He don't treat other people like they're less than somebody else. He loves them in spite of them, whether they're rich, poor, fat, ugly, stinky, hallelujah, smells good. Love does. Love does what it takes to reach people. Love does what it takes, hallelujah, to bring people out of the pits of hell. Love does. He goes on to say that extravagant love is never wasted. Amen. It doesn't matter how you do somebody. If they don't receive it, you be extravagant as you can in your love. If they receive it, they receive it. Or if they don't receive it, especially, and they push you away, and they cuss you, and they treat you bad, go ahead and give them extravagant love because it's not wasted. Hallelujah. Because there's more than enough of the love of God to go around. And if we're going to have the revival that God wants us to have in this city, it's going to take us having extravagant love. And this is what we don't like, okay? You see what he's doing back there right now? No, don't, don't go back there yet. Stay out, Texas. Stay out with him. No, go on. I thought you were going off. Don't. 
because I'm going to make a point with what I'm fixing to say right now. Loving people the way Jesus did means living a life of constant interruptions. Bring it on. Because sometimes when they're like this, they don't understand everything in their life. But all they need is somebody to love them and bring them through. Sometimes when people are going to come to the house of God, they don't understand the ways of God. And it's going to bring interruptions. Sometimes it's going to bring interruptions that we don't like. And it makes us uncomfortable. But you know what? We love them anyway. And we love them anyway. Praise God. Because it's going to bring it. And when you really love somebody, it's going to bring disruptions to your world going to interrupt you. Somebody, somebody's going to call or text at an inconvenient time, but they need you. They need you to uh, get back with them. They need you to love them in spite of their issues. They need you to love them no matter what's going on. That's what's going to bring revival in our church like we've never had. Uh, this, this quote right here from Bob, one of the, I don't know where all these uh, quotes are coming from this book. I just found a list of all these love quotes of Bob Goff. And then and, and I just got done listening to uh, the book, Everybody Always. You should read it and listen to it. It's powerful. But listen to this. And he said, every time we see people as ordinary, we turn the wine back into water. <laughs> That's a powerful quote. Every time you look at somebody and you just see them as ordinary, we're turning the wine back in the water. What's he saying? You're, you're diluting the miracle that God has given you. He's calling us to love them no matter what, no matter if it's dingy water, no matter if it's dirty water. The love of God will change them into the finest wine that there is. Hallelujah. It'll change them. It'll turn their world upside down because Bob God said most people need love and acceptance a lot more than they need advice. Sometimes they're not looking for you just to say, I'm bad about it, oh God. Ah, Sister Cheryl, I'm bad about it. I just want to, I want to give you advice and fix it, praise the Lord. But sometimes we just need to sit back and just say, oh, I don't understand what you're going through, but I love you anyway. I, I won't get through this together. We can make it together. This is the power of love. This is what's going to bring revival to our lives. This is what's going to bring revival, hallelujah, to this city. Another quote he said was, selfless love is always costly. Fear can't afford it. Pride doesn't understand it. And friends never forget it. I'll never forget. Those of you sitting here today, you understand more about the apostolic doctrine. We're not like everybody else. We baptize in Jesus' name. We believe in one God. And we believe that this, we don't believe that there's a, a, a trinity. We believe that, that the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost is all made up inside of Jesus Christ. We all understand that. We understand, we understand the apostolic. Uh, 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 most of us here, understand, whether you understand or not, you, you see and recognize that we live a little different than everybody else. And we dress just a little bit different than everybody else. And, and we don't have activities like everybody else and I'll, I'll never forget exactly where I was we was driving from uh, coming down here for one day and, and we was in between Princeton and, and, and uh, Fredonia uh, um, right there close to over that stretch where the, where the uh, rock quarry is and them gas pipes were out there and I remember praying and thinking God I know everybody's not going to accept this doctrine oh God how am I going to do this and God spoke if I ever heard him speak to me he, he spoke to me that day he said oh they may not accept the doctrine 
affection, but they will accept my love. So you love them, and that will bring them a revelation of the doctrine, and that's what we have tried our best to do. And we've not always done a good job with it, and we need to get back to that place that we love people because what they need more uh, sometimes than just the doctrine, they just need somebody to love them. They just need us to wrap our arms around them and say, oh, oh, God's got the answer, and I don't understand it all, but let me tell you what, God loves you. So do I. Bob Goff said, here's our job as believers. Love everybody always. He said, when you love people like Jesus, you get messy. But messy looks good on you. A few more. And I'll have to close the scripture and I'll be done. It, it would be the people with the greatest love, not the most information, who will influence us to change. Come on, you look through your life. It's not those who've had all the great information. It's those who love you. Love has the kind of power criticism only wishes it had. Okay, just, just a few more. Love like there's no tomorrow. Live like there's no yesterday. We're forgiven. Now go love people like we believe it. One, one last quote, and Bethany's fixing to come, and I, I, I'm going to be done. But the, if we're going to have revival in this city like God has called us to have, it's going to come through the power of the love that I'm talking about. It's a love that we choose to love God and people despite how we feel, how they act. We just understand that God so loved the world that he gave. The last quote I, I, I give you is this from Bob Goff. He said, that's what love does. It pursues blindly, unflinchingly, and without end. When you go after something you love, you'll do anything it takes to get it, even if it costs everything. I'm asking this church, are you willing to have the revival that God wants here by using the power of love as, as, as what, what Jesus said in John 15 and 12 when he said, this is my commandment. John 15, 12 through 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Listen to it. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. We are to love one another as he loved us. What, what did Jesus do for us? I've said it all through this, but what did he do for us? He died for us. The Bible said he who knew no sin. That's why he was a perfect sacrifice. None of us could do it. That's why God stepped out of heaven. And everything of God was inside the man, Christ Jesus, a fleshly body just like ours. The, the biggest difference, he felt just like we did. He had them emotions of, of bitterness and hatred. He had that, them emotions, but God was in him, inside that flesh. And that God was controlling that flesh to show us how it works. Somebody says, but he was God. Catch this, all right? He was God, but he was still man. He was God, but he was still man. He told him one day, he said, greater works 
shall you do? Because every this is not how he says it because I go to the Father, but what he said, because everything that makes up me that's on the inside of me is going to go back. But I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the same power. And you're going to do greater works because everything that keeps this man Christ Jesus going, I'm going to put it in you. How does he do it? Through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And when he fills you with the Holy Ghost, that same power that kept Jesus alive on this earth is inside of our body. It's in us. Jesus gave it all. He's not asking you to be crucified. He done that. He done the crucifixion. He paid the price for the penalty of sin. All he's asking for us is to take these old mortal bodies that we got and crucify our flesh and let love reign. The nails didn't hold him on the cross. His love for us held him on that cross. And we've got to let the same kind of love keep us as a child of God. We've all seen them. It's them people that love no matter what. There's some of them here. We struggle with it at times, but there's some of us here. It doesn't matter what happens. You love people no matter what they do to you. We have to die out to our own thoughts, our own thinking. We've got to look at others as He looked at us. Not what we were, but what he wanted to be. I close with this as you stand with me today. There is a great revival coming out of this church. And I say it will come through the love of God. It's, it's not going to come through miracles. There's going to be miracles. It's not going to come through mighty deliverances. There's going to be mighty deliverances. It's not going to come through all those stuff. The gifts of the Spirit working throughout the house of God. You know, my opinion why we don't see it working here like we should. Mark Morgan said this. He said, love is what fuels the gifts of the Spirit. So if love is not present like it should be, the gifts will not work. revival is going to come when we understand the power of love. And perhaps Peter said it the best of what the power of love does in 1 Peter 4 and 8. He said, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity covered the multitude of sins. Perhaps we understand it better from the New Living Translation when he says it this way. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Let me tell you what love is. It's when that mama picks up that baby. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. And you're standing back looking thinking, that is the ugliest kid I've ever seen in my life. But mama sees beyond. 
any physical beauty, any physical impurity in their life. And mama looks to the inside of that being knowing that that is what God has given me. That is the precious soul that God has laid in my life. And I am responsible for that soul. And I'm going to love it no matter what. And whether you want to believe it or not, everybody, Sister Vesta Mangan said it well when she said, every eye you've ever come in contact with, God loved them. And God loves each and every person. And if we are to see the revival, I believe that the power of love is what's going to bring this great revival. Every one of us in this place today, hell's fighting your love. I'm not talking about your love for your brother and sister. Yeah, he is. But you know how he's fighting it? The first commandment. Love the Lord thy God. All your heart, soul, strength. Braden, when we can love God like that, something happens on the inside. When I understand that power of that weapon of love, and I begin to love, and then all of a sudden I realize, because I know what I am. Some of you might think you know what I am, but I know what I am. You know what you are. And when you get into that place, and all of a sudden the love of God shows you and lets you know that you are loved, that you are forgiven. And me today, if you can't feel that, it's just the devil lying to you because you are lovable, you are forgivable. Nobody in this place, nobody in this place has committed the unpardonable sin. Our brother David Shatt will say this, this. Not David Shatt, but David Bernard will say this this week. He said, if you think you've committed blasphemy against the Holy Ghost and unpardonable sin, he said, I about guarantee you not. Because that person who has committed it don't care. Just a little powerful 10-minute ten, ten thing, and you, you can go listen to it. But today... I wonder today if we can come find a place. If you don't know the Lord, this would be the day. If you're not sure you know God, this would be the day to come and just say, Lord, would you renew my love for you? Would you renew my love for the sin? Would you renew my love for the lost? Would you just ask Jesus. If you don't know the Lord today, you can repent and say, God, if you don't know how to repent, come see one of us. We'll help you. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. But today, let's, let's ask God to renew the power of God. Let's talk.